What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Hey, 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 welcome to the Bald Truth Leadership Podcast, where the place where you get the straightforward, no-nonsense, no-holds-barred ideas on leadership and growth, both personally and professionally. The Bald Truth is brought to you by the Peak Performance Group. I'm your host, Coach Rick Colster, Certified Executive Business Coach and the Chief Coaching Officer for the Peak Performance Group, where we help people and organizations align and maximize their potential. Today, ladies and gentlemen, our guest is an expert an expert in the nuclear energy industry. I hope I'm saying that right. Uh, And leading from the bottom and and all the way up to the top. He has had positions in all levels of the nuclear industry. He's held positions in every facet of this industry, from operator to executive level. He's also a former naval officer who, after years of service to our country, successfully transitioned into the private sector. He's just released a book on lessons in leadership learned both in the Navy and the nuclear industry. Let me welcome our guest, our guest Dave Amarine. Welcome to the Ball of Truth, Dave. How are you doing today? Great. Thanks. Uh, thanks for having me. It's great to be here. No, it's an awesome. It's right there, you got all you checked off all the boxes, sir. You know, <laughs> naval officer, nuclear energy expert. That you got to be pretty smart to do that. That much I know because I I'm barely say the word. So. Uh, let's just think about this where do we start um nuclear energy where will we be without it you're the expert well the the rest of the world uh, is turning to nuclear uh, with the uh, possible exception of germany and now germany is paying a very high price for having shut down its nuclear reactors i believe our country will come back to nuclear right now we're not really building any more nuclear plants but it has to come back because nuclear power is, is safe, it's efficient. Uh, the new generation of reactors will be much uh, less expensive than the present reactor designs. Okay. And uh, it is absolutely environmentally benign. And it has a virtually inexhaustible source of fuel uh, for uh, centuries to come. So we need to come back to that and, and catch back up to the rest of the world. At one time, we were the leader. But we've sort of relinquished that that leadership role for the moment, I think. Well, you know, it's, it's interesting because there's a lot of fear out there for nuclear energy. Now, we know coal is dirty. We know ga- oil creates uh, hydrocarbons, et cetera. Nuclear doesn't create any of that. Heat pretty much is the only, only byproduct. And, but the radiation, that, that scares the pants off of people. Uh, how do how do we know that, that it's safe? I mean, that's the thing that would a- I would ask that I would hear in the in the the news in the public. How do we know this is safe? Well, first of all, you know, every time you hear somebody talk about a concern about 
uh, nuclear reactors and whether they're safe or not, the first thing you hear in this country is Three Mile Island. Oh, yeah. I, I, Three I Mile in, Island. You I was know, going to school in Delaware in, when that happened. Yeah, and that was, what, 1979, I believe. 79, I was in college. And um, one thing that you never hear, from, the first thing you hear from the press is that, you know, it's going to cause people uh, to, to be harmed and, and for pregnant women would have uh, uh, babies with, with all kinds of problems. In fact, no member of the, of the public received any radiation uh, from that accident. It was all contained inside the containment building and mostly inside the reactor vessel. And even the workers at Three Mile Island did not exceed their annual dosage. But the most important thing about Three Mile Island is subsequent to that, the industry formed what's called the uh, Institute for Nuclear Power Operations, or IMPO. Okay. And the whole purpose of IMPO was to increase uh, the sharing of experiences at the different plants and to set a standard for training of the operators and the support uh, functions at nuclear power plants. And ever since then, all the statistics that chart performance in nuclear power plants have been on a positive slope. So Three Mile Island is, is definitely uh, didn't cause a problem. It actually caused some good things to happen. Okay, so what's the next thing you hear about? Chernobyl. That reactor design would not have been approved in the United States in fact, it would not have been improved by any countries abiding by the World Association of Nuclear Power Operations okay. or the International Atomic Energy Agency. But Russia didn't do that. And where the accident occurred would have been inside containment in the United States and those other countries and would not have allowed the spread of the, that radiation. Also, these guys that were operating the reactor that night were basically cowboys, uh, no offense to the Texan. And, <laughs> yeah, wait a minute now, you know. <laughs> and they were operating without approved procedures, uh, and they were doing things off the cuff. That is not allowed in reactors in the United States. So Chernobyl is, could not happen, would not happen, will never happen, that kind of accident in the United States. So what's the next one? Uh, Fukushima. Fukushima is very interesting because uh, they had been alerted uh, by geologists that it is possible to have a tsunami in a large wave that the retaining restraining wall that they had was not sufficient. But the Japanese culture didn't respond to that. It would be loss of face. Additionally, when that happened, I was on a committee with Dr. Niels Diaz, former chairman of the Nuclear Regulatory Commission. And he is an advisory to the Japanese cabinet. So he, because of the time differential, uh, he was on the phone with them every night and he was advising them to do things, for example, vent the containment, uh, let out a little bit of radioactivity, uh, but keep um, from accumulating hydrogen gas from what's called a uh, zirconium water reaction, which was what was going on. They didn't do that. Decisions in the United States that would be made by plant managers mm -hmm. had to go all the way up to the Japanese cabinet. And so not only did it slow things down, but the further up it went, the more political 
um, well, you concerns know, that, that were dialed that opens in. Up, you know, Dave, that opens up an interesting line of dialogue is when we talk about the ability to empower your people from a leadership perspective, because, you know, we really focus on leadership here at the Bald Truth. It's how do you empower, what's the power and how, how important is it to empower those frontline people to when something happens, you hit the red button and it stops, whether it's a production line in a manufacturing plant, whether, you know, G General Motors, for example, Toyota, for example, um, here in the United States, if they see something that's wrong going down the production line, they have the right and they have the responsibility to stop the line and fix it. I mean, it sounds like in Japan, they had to go all the way up to the premier, I guess it is. You know, they got all the way up to the cabinet. cabinet. Yeah. yeah. And say, can we press the red button? Because, by the way, we're melting down here. And I may be a little more dramatic than what really happened. But what's the importance that you've learned from a leadership perspective of allowing employees, um, frontline employees, when they see something wrong, to take action? Well, there's two things. First of all, um, you want to empower employees at, at all levels to take responsibility and to be able to take action uh, based on their training. It is so vitally important. And that's what goes on in nuclear power plants. We train the people. They have to pass both written exams as well as oral exams to be able to assume their position. And so that aspect in the nuclear industry, and I'm sure it applies to other industries as well, is a vital ingredient to providing the empowerment that you just mentioned. But there's one other very, very important thing, and, and it's part of what I uh, discuss in detail in my book, and that is the creation of a safety-conscious work environment. Safety now, what is a safety-conscious okay. work environment? Yeah, a safety-conscious work environment is a work environment where any employee feels uh, empowered to bring up any kind of concern or question or suggestion without fear of retaliation and with full confidence that that issue or concern will be addressed by management based solely on its merits without ascribing any motive to the employee for bringing that up. Okay. Now, establishing and nurturing that kind of environment uh, is, is very difficult, and it requires the right mindset of management and continual strengthening of the employee's belief that management welcomes that kind of input. Now, you nailed it, though. You said the word mindset. Now, I'm a huge proponent of having the right mindset. And when I coach my execs, when I coach my folks, I work with our young leaders and our, our existing leaders. It's really about having the right mindset. And it's interesting. I had a, a former nuclear uh, naval officer, also a Naval Academy graduate like yourself. He was on one of our earlier podcasts and just talked about just what he said. Um, he actually rolled out the one of the first um, nuclear-powered submarines. He was on that to make oh. that work. Yeah, sharp, sharp, sharp guy. Uh, so as you think about that, you say he had to empower his people, have the right mindset where it's not 
and the military hierarchy, if you think of the military hierarchy, and I'm sure that the nuclear industry has the same type hierarchy. Um, you know, we're a little worried down here as us little guys that are just starting off on the front line and the big bosses might get mad at us. No, how do you do that empowerment? What kind of mindset is necessary and how do you accomplish it? There, there's the thing is what I really would like to, to find out and hear from you is we know it's necessary. How do you get there? Well, what's it take? Uh, yeah, I cover this in, in, in my book, Rick, but, but let me give awesome. you just the essentials. The first thing a leader has to do is establish the workplace priorities. And in my case, what I always did, particularly uh, I was brought in as the new leader eight different times to recover nuclear projects that had issues or nuclear power plants that had been shut down for operational and management. Yeah, because you're like a, you're like a turnaround expert. Troubleshooter. Troubleshooter. Okay. Yeah. So what, what are those workplace priorities? Safety, quality, schedule, cost. In that order. And what I explain to people, particularly management, but everybody, that if the first two, safety or quality, ever suffer, suffer soon, if not immediately, the schedule and costs are going to be impacted perhaps significantly. So you had to establish those workplace priorities and there's ways to do that. And over and over again, <clears throat> then I already explained the safety conscious work environment, which supports those four workplace priorities. But the next thing that I drilled home was what I call conduct of operations. And I always group things in groups before because people seem to be able to get their mind around that most easily. And, and I said, here, here are the, the four aspects of conduct of operations. First and foremost, personal accountability. You are responsible for your job and doing it as best you can. Mm -hmm. Second okay. is Good. procedure compliance. Now, a lot of times you get pushback on procedure compliance because people say, hey, I don't, I don't need to be constrained by a procedure. But what they don't understand is that procedure was written by an expert with not being under duress. And then it was taken to whatever facility and actually walked through. And that, with your experience, is the most, um, gives you the highest probability of success. Okay. And if the procedure, you don't understand the procedure, stop and get either get it explained to you or get it changed. The third one is technical inquisitiveness. I always tell people, make sure you understand not only your job to its boundaries, but also beyond it. Have, have that sense of inquisitiveness that helps you understand the full breadth and depth of the situation you're in. So ask the, questions. Absolutely. And, okay. and that, that you know, brings you back to the safety conscious work environment, doesn't sure. it? The ability to stop and ask questions if you're unsure. And the fourth thing is that willingness to stop. I look for times when... If, if an operator had stopped some sort of an evolution because he or she was unsure of something and wanted to either get the procedure uh, clarified or they wanted to get uh, some um, part of what was going on explained to them uh, better than they understood it, Makes I would sense. take the opportunity and especially I would come out on a back shift. Now, I was president of the company and I would come out on a back shift 
and shake that operator's hand and thank them, even if they were wrong, but have the courage to stop and get things clarified. And that reinforced that that's really what we wanted. So those are the, the, the four things. The, the, okay. the workplace so, that's priorities. It, that's leadership. That's what leadership, is, I think, is all about. A big component of leadership. Um, we had another guest, uh, former XO of a, of a nuclear um, aircraft carrier. Okay. And they're all nuclear powered, right? I think. They are now. <laughs> and they are now. And uh, but I mean, think about that. He said he he had what he called rumor control and he would go down into the enlisted mess. This is the XO full bird captain. He'd go down to the to the uh, the enlisted mess and have lunch with them. Of course, you know, they all freaked out just a little bit when he when the XO walks in, it's like, holy crap. Oh, no, what's going to happen? And you just sit down and you have lunch. OK, what are you guys hearing? And the same same for you when the willingness to stop. If so, if he allowed his, he allow you allow your guys to stop. The, I say guys, I say people to stop when they see something that's amiss, that's awry, and they're willing to have that conversation. Like you said, you, you're the president of the company, and you went straight down to the the front line shift operator and said, "Thank you for your input." That's huge. I think that vulnerability, transparency. There's some great leadership traits right there, Dave. Well, I, you know, you just said something that what, what I determined the most powerful things a leader can say are, I was wrong, I am sorry, and thank you. Now, if you're saying the first two too often, you need to reexamine how you're doing business. Mm -hmm. But you can never say the third one, thank you, often enough. When I was brought in as president of Nuclear Fuel Services, and you just mentioned uh, the nuclear-powered Navy. Well, Nuclear Fuel Services, located in Irwin, Tennessee, is the sole provider of the nuclear fuel for our Navy's aircraft carriers and submarines. Oh, and wow. it, had been it had been shut down by the Nuclear Regulatory Commission for some operational and management issues. And I was brought in and replaced the president uh, with it. the task of getting our license back. So you can you can easily understand what a tremendous responsibility and challenge that was. Oh, absolutely. So I did the things that we just talked about, and in a nuclear plant, of course, nuclear fuel services is a nuclear qualifies as a nuclear plant. It's making nuclear fuel. Uh, you have to have a lanyard around your neck where you carry your identification and also um, uh, a radiation detector. Well, I asked the all employees to carry also on that lanyard a card and the card had on one side the four workplace priorities safety quality schedule and cost and on the other side it had the four aspects of conduct of operations personal accountability procedure compliance I technical love that. and a willingness to stop and i would see an employee out in the in the workplace and I'd stop and I'd chat with him or her uh, about those, what was on the card. And I'd ask them to explain in their words, not my words, in their words, what those four things meant to them. Think about how that builds culture. Now, one of the big things we do here at the Peak Performance Group is we help companies and organizations grow. 
That's what we're all about. We do that through leadership, but we also use a process called the business acceleration system that helps them put processes in place, the right people in place, manage cash flow. Um, one of the things that's huge when we talk about the process piece of it is designing the plan of action moving forward. And we call that, that our, our SP squared, which is a single page strategic plan, really literally one page. So it's SP squared. And one of the first things we have them do is design their values. And it, this is almost like a set of values as I see it. These are a set of core values that you've got to abide by. Um, workplace priorities. When you talk about your workplace priorities, value is safety, quality, scheduling, and cost. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Those are all could be considered core values. I love that. And then you have them actually hanging around and, and talk about those that must have built for you uh, a culture that combined all those components in it. Now, how did how, when you tried to implement that, when you first came in and implement, did you get some pushback or the people say, "Oh, wait a minute, who's this? Who's this crazy and good-looking bald man?" By the way, who's this crazy, good-looking bald man? That's kind of that's what they say about. They don't say good-looking; they just say bald, crazy bald man. Um, who's this guy that's going to come in and try to tell me how to how to think? Did you get pushback, and what, how did you overcome that? Well, when you first come in as the new leader, the thing that you've got to do is gain people's trust. And trust is usually in these situations where plants had been shut down for whatever reason, uh, trust was already low. Mm -hmm. And so sure. uh, trust is um, hard won and easily lost. And so a way to gain people's trust is let them know what your values are and then let them see by your actions that you really do believe in those values. And as people start to reflect those values, find opportunities without embarrassing them because people can embarrass even when you congratulate sure. them in front of others, but <laughs> to reinforce those values. By the way, you're talking about uh, my haircut. Um, after I was brought in at, at Nuclear Fuel Services, uh, there was an article. Uh, it was a front page on the business magazine in Tennessee. Remember, Nuclear Fuel Services is located in Irwin, Tennessee. Sure. And the title of it, and I'm looking at it on my wall because I kept it, was mis my you know picture uh, covered the whole magazine cover, and underneath it, it said, Mr. Clean. <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it. That's awesome. Hey, you yeah. know, that's the style. And, you know, I'm, I'm taking a wild guess here. And occasionally I take a, I throw it out there a little bit that 
we've had both had this uh, hairstyle for quite some time. We did it before it was cool. Before Michael Jordan made being bald cool, we already <laughs> had it. I mean, I've I've been bald since I'm 23. So this is this is what it is. And good, the good news is we both have good heads that it looks good on. Some not so much. You know, I've seen some some pretty ragged heads out there. So all right, so keep it keep it in line with what we're doing. And you're talking about people. And I believe people are your best asset. So when you build your organization, um, I, I love that you've got your priorities, your workplace priorities, and your conduct of operations. Was that your key? Was that the key to build a successful organization or a, a, a well-run organization? I say successful because I always think of the private sector because we're trying to make money. You may not always been trying to make money. I'm sure there was some dollars involved, but it, but it was really about making sure that these priorities, workplace priorities were in place and, the, and your conduct of your operations were being followed at all times because safety, I think, is the number one priority in your business. I'm just taking a wild guess, but I've, I'd like to hope that safety is your number one priority when it comes to it. Is that the process that you, you could duplicate over and over again? Absolutely. Um, and, and it worked. And all these places I were brought in, they were shut down. And, and people were feeling bad about themselves. And when, you, when a nuclear power plant is shut down or a nuclear project is stopped, mm-hmm. uh, the, the, you know, the cash register keeps ringing. It costs a lot of money until you can restore that nuclear power plant to making electricity, or you can get that nuclear project back making progress towards mm-hmm. its ultimate uh, okay. operation. So uh, the finances were a big issue all the time. But what I tried to get everybody to understand, including my boards of directors, is that you c- safety and quality, safety and quality are the best things for you to be able to make money. In the nuclear industry, for example, we talked about Three Mile Island earlier, but mm-hmm. after the Institute of sure. Nuclear Power Operation was put in place, Year after year after year, by the measurements that they had, the safest, the the nuclear power plants were the best industrial safety. There's industrial safety, nuclear safety, RADCON safety, but the best industrial safety by their metrics were also the top 25 in uh, other operational and money. For example, if you shut down a nuclear power plant for refueling, the quicker you can get that done and get back online, you start making money again. Yeah, makes sense. And and so those are the kinds of metrics that you are an example of how well the plant is operated and how well Mm -hmm. it's managed. But the other metric is how safe is it and and how many quality issues do they have? And what you find is the safe plants, the plants that have a high regard for quality are also the ones that are your top money makers. Oh, that's... uh... It makes total sense. Now, I, I do a lot of work in the construction industry, and safety is paramount in construction. When you talk about building concrete, breaking I call it breaking little rocks into or big rocks into little rocks, the aggregate industry, where they, they basically dig rocks out of the ground and break it into rocks all the way down to sand. And safety is paramount because the last thing you want is one of your people to get harmed or hurt because that's, uh, you know, you're talking about heavy machinery. Of course, you're talking about nuclear energy, which is in and of itself dangerous without controls in place 
So switching gears just a little bit, we're coming up on the 4th of July. And, you know, in in today's environment, and I'm curious as to your take on this. So um, it's this is your personal take for you is what's it mean to you as a a former uh, naval officer? What's what's the 4th of July mean to you? Well, you know, I I served in our country's Navy, uh, and I I believe that we live in the greatest country on earth, the greatest country in the history of mankind, built on the principles of our founding fathers. I am very dismayed by the things that are going on in our country today. And and so every day, uh, I I get down on my knees and pray for our country, and, and that um, we, we will have sanity restored uh, to how we go about things and people will value um, the, the, the gift that this country is to them, the freedom and the liberty that we have and, and not give that up for uh, things that I call entitlements. You know, and it, you're absolutely right. I think that that's the core of where we are as a country is, you know, believe that we are in a good place because, I mean, this morning, and we, we chatted before we started the recording, was uh, we both got to go out and get our workout in. We both got, I got took a nice five-mile walk in the park with my wife. You can't do that in some places. That's right. You can't leave your front door. You can't leave your front porch for fear sometimes. Now, there are good, good and bad areas here, but for the most part, we've got a great country. And I think we need to realize that back and appreciate it. And I love the fact that you said you get down on your knees, Dave. I mean, I think that's something that we need to do wholeheartedly as a society is just pray. I don't care who your God is, what you pray to, but pray. I pray for others. I pray for their safety. Um, you know, I, I'm a new grandfather as of the last uh, two years. And uh, it, what an amazing, wonderful experience that is. And I pray that their lives is, um, is better, that they live in a great world where people love each other, completely and fully and that's the thing i'm going to pray for it's not to try to put anyone's um my thoughts in your head you have to think like i do i just pray that you're you're good and i think that's wonderful thanks for sharing that and for those that are listening and those that are watching take that to heart this is from a, a man who has experienced life in a lot of different ways and every day he gets down on his knees and he says thank you for the blessings I have. And I think that's, we need to do that more and more. So um, I want to be conscious of your time. And I know that you've got a, a book you've got to promote, but uh, before we dive into that, and I want to hear a little bit more about the book. I always have some questions that I think uncover a man or a woman, a person that uncover who they are. And it's not about your industry and it's not even about leadership. They're just, I call them the bald truth question because they uncover everything they it's straightforward no nonsense so here it is i've got a a couple of quick questions for you dave and let make you think a little bit so here's what the bald truth wants to know you're holding a dinner party you get to hold a dinner party for six and you get to invite anyone in all of history anyone who has been born dead who is dead or alive has been born from his beginning history to today you get to invite five people you're one at dinner party for six. You're one. There are five people. Who do you invite and why? Well, what a great, great question. Thought provoking. So, but this is off the top of my head. Um, 
five people. Well, the first person I would invite would be Jesus Christ. Uh, I recently uh, came back from the Middle East, and it was a very, very thought-provoking. Okay. Uh, and um, what was most one of the most amazing things to me was when you read the Bible, Jesus and his disciples were in place A, and they did whatever they did. And then the next verse, they're in place B. Well, what I saw was the topography between A and B. You were out for a walk this morning. I bet you had comfortable shoes. Those guys were going over tough, really tough terrain with sandals. So uh, so Jesus would be one. Uh, Benjamin Franklin would be another one. Good. Uh, I, I just love his philosophy. And uh, and uh, it was a, just a very astute guy at a time when a country really uh, benefited from having him. Another person that I would love to have dinner with is Thomas Sowell. Uh, Thomas Sowell is a black economist and uh, he, he just is able to capture things so succinctly and so erudite that I would love to have uh, Thomas Sowell there. I guess I would counterbalance a guy who I wrote, read uh, several books about uh, is Malcolm X. Okay. I, I, would, I, I would think that that would be lead to an interesting uh, dialogue, particularly uh, since he was a, a, a convert to Islam. And then you have Jesus on the other hand. One of the things that I <clears throat> saw when I was in the Middle East were these monuments that go back three and 5,000 years before the birth of Christ. So I, I guess a, another person uh, who founded um, the Jewish religion would be Abraham. Okay. So I would like to also have him. And then I guess to top it off, <clears throat> I would really uh, enjoy having the time to talk with Warren Buffett. So there's a pretty eclectic crowd for you. That's a great <laughs> crowd. What a great interest. And I'm sure the conversation would be interesting because, you know, I think everyone, and I don't know Thomas Sowell, but I'm going to find out who he is because that's curious to me because um, I want to see what you see in that. But really, it's just having these conversations. And I, I, I love doing this for all my guests because it really uncovers how we think, how we feel. And this next question is really going to uncover something about how you feel and what your legacy is. I think legacy is, is important for every person, regardless of who they are. Um, so here's the second question. The second bald truth question is this. You're, an article's being written about you uh, after you're gone. We all have an expiration date. Nobody knows when it is. One guy knows when it is. Um, after you're gone, an article's being written about you. What's the title? Not what's in it, but what's the title? What's the headline? Well, that's certainly another thought provoker. Uh, <clears throat> I would like to think that headline is, uh, here is a man who provided, had a positive impact. Uh, and then hopefully the article would explain why yeah, it had absolutely. that headline, a positive impact. Awesome. Positive That's impact cool. on the people that I, I was fortunate enough to work with and, and lead and a positive impact on the friends and family that uh, I've also been very fortunate to have. Uh, in particular, um, 
my wife Cindy. I've been married for 51 years to God bless you, man. the same absolutely wonderful person, and my book is dedicated to her. She passed away two years ago from ALS, and uh, her courage and dignity and even humor during the four years uh, that of, of decline due to ALS uh, forever made her my hero. So uh, hopefully uh, I had a positive impact on her because I know she certainly had a positive impact on me. Sounds like it. Sounds like it. Uh, that she did. Sounds like a wonderful woman. Um, so now final questions. What do you do every morning to set yourself up for success? One thing I've done in my entire life is the first thing I do is I work out. Uh, and <clears throat> I'm 76 years old and um, I just came back this morning from pushing a bunch of weight around. Uh, Let's see, what am I back up to after not being able to work out during this uh, coronavirus? Um, uh, back up to doing uh, sets of 12 or 275 pounds on the bench. And uh, I'm doing a lot more Much when I was props. at Harvard. Much respect. <laughs> Much well, respect. At Harvard, I was doing it with 350 pounds. But since then, I've had both, I've obviously gotten older, but I've had both shoulders replaced. Okay. So the first thing I do uh, every day is to work out. And I used to get up at four o'clock in the morning so I could get that hour workout in and still be the first guy at work. Wow. Well, if, if it takes getting your shoulders replaced to bench 275 pounds, I, I'm, I'll be making that appointment pretty quick. That's impressive. I got to tell you, regardless of your age, I say that's, that's regardless of that. So I wish I could do that any days. So, uh, all right. So, Dave, you've got a great book, and I know you want to talk a little bit about your book. So give us a couple minutes about your book, where we can get it, and, um, you know, when it's being released. Tell us a little – give us a little news on your book. All right. Well, thank you very much. The the book is uh, available on Amazon.com, and um, it was actually uh, – a bestseller for, I think, a day. <laughs> uh, but uh, it's about my experiences in the nuclear industry, uh, particularly as a troubleshooter. And I think those experiences and the lessons I learned, and uh, that includes from mistakes as well as successes, uh, can be of use to others who might find themselves in similar situations, regardless of the industry or the endeavor. Um, in the first part of the book, I provide my background, my education, as well as uh, my service in the nuclear submarine force. And then I talk about the approaches and techniques developed over 45 years from handling the challenges I faced and managing people in those trying situations. So I, I hope the book uh, will also result in opportunities like you've just given me to speak about the virtues of nuclear power. Excellent. Absolutely. Well, Dave, I appreciate it. Thanks for spending time with us. I appreciate you being here. Um, uh, is there a way people can get a hold of you? Is there a website they can find? Uh, actually, uh, if they want to get a hold of me, they'd have to email me. I don't have a website, but in the back of my book, it gives uh, all the contact information. Um, but but uh, I can give that to you right now. My email What's a- Let's uh, let's get the name of the book, and they can find it. What's the name of the book? And I'll, I'll if you look below, folks, you see the name of the book right there. 
Okay, the name of the book is Push It to Move It. Lessons learned from a career in nuclear project management. You got it. Just look below, folks. There'll be a tag right there. There'll be a link for you. And you can go to Amazon and get Dave's book. Make it a bestseller for another day. Let's go. Let's get Dave gave some some book sales, you know. Have a little fun and uh, raise those rankings right up, folks. Dave, thanks for being here. I appreciate it. And uh, have a blessed 4th of July. we got 4th of July coming right up. So have a great 4th of July. Be safe. Remember, safety first. And, um, you bet. Absolutely. You watch Rick, yourself. thanks so much for having me. I appreciate it. Our pleasure. You've been listening to The Bald Truth with Coach Rick of the Peak Performance Group, the company that helps people and organizations reach their potential. If you're looking for a way to grow your organization in sales or strategic direction, the Peak Performance Group, our coaches can help you grow with our proven business acceleration process. So call us at 817-748-7425, or you can reach us on that World Wide Web at www.mypotentialplus, and and that's .com, and we will connect you with the right coach. Remember, subscribe and like below, folks. We're available on iTunes, Spotify, iHeart, YouTube video. So like and subscribe, and uh, you'll get all the information every time the new Bald Truth comes out. I'm Coach Rick, and that's the Bald Truth. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group. No purchase necessary. Avoid where prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.